0: listeners um we're we're talking to somebody who has so much information i hope we can get through it all um we're talking to Sebastian Donasto um about a thousand stories one um sebastian you what is, what is this why is it called a thousand stories
1: Hi, Anne. um well thank you very much for having me in your program first of all um it's a pleasure being here. The and sharing also the story behind Thousand Stories. So going back to your question, the 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 name comes from all these stories, anecdotes um that took place when the first pioneers went from the east to the west, uh very much like the great Zinfandel did uh, many years ago, uh, how it went from Europe, Croatia specifically to the East coast and really more of a table grape. Um, and then we brought it over to California and and where now it has taken its place as a, as a iconic grape, as a symbol of California winemaking. So, That's really what the name resembles and what it's all about. These anecdotes, the stories, the untold stories um, of all the efforts that it took place um, with the pioneers and and how much uh, it took uh, for uh, the West Coast to be built, right? Uh, Very much Uh like what happened with uh, some of the grapes, specifically with Zinfandel, which was... Um, the first um, grape to be bottled under Thousand Stories label. Okay, so how, go ahead, how, so, a, so
0: a
2: Thousand Stories is an identity, correct?
1: And 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 this is the reason why there's so much symbolism behind the label: the bison, the buffalo, you know, and. Um, all the components in the winemaking, we're trying to make it as Americana as possible in every way, um, in any sense, every sense of the word and and, and the the, the concept. Um, And so that's why you see so much symbolism as well in the the label.
2: You have sort of two two sides of it from the the get-go, including what we've just been talking about, which is wine grapes and the connection... With Kentucky, where they do something a little bit different in barrels.
1: Correct, exactly. So obviously, bourbon barrels. There's nothing more American than than that than bourbon, right? So um, you know, and bourbon barrels are American. It's American oak, uh, although it's destined for the production um, of bourbon, as opposed to uh, wine. There, these barrels are made from American forest with American oak and so it really it, it really ties everything very nicely um uh, for the concept of, of this label and so we've um i'm very pleased to how far we've come in, and and how how much of a, a strong position we've uh, put um in the marketplace with with uh thousand stores.
2: Now, where, where, somewhat more precisely, is Hopland, California?
1: We are the winery itself is located in Mendocino County. We're just uh, maybe north, uh, yeah, North north Coast, uh, north, uh, just 30 minutes north of Sonoma County.
0: So. Okay.
1: And
2: um, yeah. And. Now I'm still trying to find out who had this totally mad idea. Excuse me. I'm still trying to track down who had this incredibly <laughs> unusual idea
1: of uh, aging wine in bourbon barrels.
2: Yes, no, no. A- so a- aging, aging, if you like, spirituous liquor in barrels has 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 been going on a long time. For example, in in southern Spain, where they make sherry and similar mm-hmm. wines, they the, they they go into Wooden barrels, but the, so, the but the, 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 uh, go, go ahead. I'm sorry. But I'm,
1: back I'm, in um, back in 2013, 14, we started. With, I, believe, I believe it was uh, 2013. We started with this um, um, Bob Blue, more specifically, which uh, is the founding winemaker for Bonterra. Um, uh, he had this uh, vision, he's no longer with the company, he's uh, now retired, but I, I took over a thousand stories from him a couple of years ago. But Bob okay. had this vision in his mind of uh, um, aging wine in bourbon barrels because he, back in the day, he would tell us, you know, uh, he didn't have um, the budget to purchase um, good French oak. So he had to rely a lot of on on bourbon barrels to uh, age his wine. Um now say. this these bourbon barrels that he was aging wine into um were not the same kind of oak that I'm using. I'm using oak that um is comes straight from the distillery. Um uh, they they take the bourbon out of the barrels and they ship the barrels to us and, and and so those barrels are soaked with bourbon. The staves are still soaked with bourbon. So we do get a lot of that bourbon character. What Bob was doing early on in his career when he did not have the money for French oak was, was purchasing new um, bourbon barrels, but they never sow bourbon. So it's a little bit different, but nevertheless, it's sort of the same concept. You still get a little bit of the same characters. And, and so that's, that's where it really stems from, um, this necessity of that Bob had uh, to use bourbon barrels back in the day, um, and, and he knew it worked. Um, now, then, then there was the spin of obviously getting these barrels directly from the distillery once they emptied them. And then aging a fraction of the wine in these bourbon barrels, uh, freshly emptied bourbon barrels. So uh, that took a, a little bit of a trial and error, understanding you know how much is enough. Um, did we go too far? It's very easy to cross the line and and make the wine uh, too you know overpowering with bourbon sometimes. So you have to be very very careful. Uh, where that line is, and and it's more of a trial and error. It's vintage dependent as well, and so it's it's been very fun working with Bob over the years, understanding you know how how much is enough. Um, you know, we whenever we make a um, we put something on the label. In this case, uh, wine aged in bourbon barrels. It's very important to stay true to that and and make sure that you. Um, you're delivering on that message so um, but also it's also very important to to that that 1000 stories is is a wine first it is a wine first that is accentuated with these beautiful characteristics that bourbon and the bourbon barrels um, adds to the wine and also American oak itself because American oak Add a lot of these lactones, a lot of the coconut oil, the, the marshmallow, the vanilla that we that really is um, is a very good complement for Sympendel.
2: Now you're 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 sourcing your barrels from Kentucky.
1: Am Correct. Right? We work we work specifically with a handful of um, distilleries from Kentucky, and everything gets shipped out to us. Um, as soon as they empty their barrels, they get shipped out to us, and then well, that's very then, exciting, isn't
0: it? Isn't oh, that yeah. exciting?
1: Absolutely.
2: Yeah, the, the the funny thing is, the the last time the last time I we was in Australia, we we visited a winery where they still have a cooperage and they still make their own barrels. Yeah.
1: That's very fascinating. So uh, back in the day, um, we used to have our own um, barrel maker on site and everything, and, and yes. it, it's just different times, you know.
0: <laughs> now,
1: now we yeah. not so much. Sure.
2: Now, the, the, re- the representative of of Yolompa, which is the winery I'm speaking of, that uh, that we 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 found out about the use of local oak to to make barrels distinctly unusual and d- d- consciously so. So, right. so, the, so. so the winemaker had the opportunity to tell the, the the man in charge of the coopery, I want it to be sort of like this or sort of like that or sort of like the other thing.
1: Yeah. Barrels are very fascinating. Uh, we found over time that... Uh, even bourbon barrels or barrels that are made for bourbon production, um, they they obviously behave very differently from barrels that are made for wine production because of the processing itself mm. that takes place in the barrel making. Right, so the bourbon barrels are charred, um, heavy toasted, and the wood itself is not uh, necessarily aged outside outdoors for uh, eight you know, 24, 36 months or whatever it is to leach out any of the or some of those uh, characteristics that we don't really like. But at the same token, uh, they add a lot of complexity. They add um, a lot of uh, spices, dried herbs, for example, uh, oregano, thyme. Really? And and those spices, we don't see that those characteristics um, coming from oak barrels that were made for wine production because uh, of the um production methods the aging outside the states when they get aged outside they they really leach a lot of these those characteristics um and so it's really really interesting how how you can really add a lot of layers by using these uh, beautiful bourbon barrels
0: She's a know. who would have thought
2: <laughs> The, the, in, yeah. the interesting thing is that there, there's, there's another beverage that we haven't talked about yet, which has a tradition going back to the use of bourbon barrels and similar barrels, going back probably five or six hundred years. It's called Scotch mm-hmm. Whiskey. Right. It's called
0: what?
2: It's called Scotch Whiskey. Oh. <laughs> and I, 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 I always wanted to. to to ask makers of uh, Scotch whiskey what what would happen if they ran out of old barrels? Would they have to use new ones? <laughs> right. It, it, it being 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 a particular fact, that the Scottish winemaker, along with all people from Scotland, has has what they call
0: short arms and long pockets.
2: The deep
0: <laughs> pockets and short arms. Yeah. Um. The you, you must have learned a lot of stuff you didn't know before you started doing this. So you were the uh, the sole winemaker of this operation, right?
1: Yes, um, we are. Um, we're a full of a team. We're we're three winemakers. Uh, we all have different programs that we manage. Uh, one of the programs that I manage is Thousand Stories. We all have very different backgrounds, and uh, I before working with Bob Blue on A Thousand Stories, uh, I was really more making um, wines that uh, had nothing to do with bourbon or aging wine in bourbon barrels. So this was a completely different experience for me, Uh Um, a learning experience. There was a a steep learning curve. Uh, Even for Bob uh, was a a learning curve as uh, as well. Um, We we or I guess Bob started this program when Zinfandel was uh, at the bottom of the marketplace, um, in terms right, of sales right. and, um, yeah. and thousand stories really took, um, turn things around, uh, for Zinfandel. Um, it's just sky- skyrocketed after, um, we started labeling or, or modeling Zinfandel under a thousand stories. And so there was a really um really interesting um it was really interesting for me to see how how we really transformed the industry uh again for sinfandel um with thousand stories so that that was really gratifying for me for me but yeah, uh, I mean, I yeah, remember
0: he, when, when Zinn was looked down on i mean really Right people didn't yeah, people didn't give it any respect at all
1: absolutely and and it's very much you know there's a lot of uh, confusion with white Sinfandel and and I think a, a lot of the harm that was done by by white Sinfandel in general to the mm-hmm. grape um which is unfortunate, but um uh, we're very lucky that we in California can source really good Zinfandel from many, many areas within the the state uh, that have a lot of history, um, vineyards that date back, you know, 80, that are 80 to 100 years old. So there's a lot of really neat history in California for Zinfandel. um, We keep finding... Yeah, I was going to ask
0: you, where do you get your grapes? And I was going to ask you that.
1: So we get a lot of the grapes from, obviously, Mendocino County, where we are, but we, we source a lot from Lodi area as well, uh, some from Paso Robles. So a lot of these, um, sorry, a sometimes. So a lot of these very historical areas where Sinfandel really shines with areas that have lots of heat. Uh, as you know, Sinfandel likes... likes um, Sunshine, so that's that's where our focus is, um, especially Lodi area. Is uh, we, we we work with a lot of really good vineyards from from Lodi, uh, soils that are very sandy, deep soils, uh, dry farmed, head pruned, very very neat.
0: <laughs>
2: now, are you actually managing the vineyard, or are you are you sourcing almost 100% from other? No,
1: we source 100% for this project for 1,000 stories. Okay. Yeah. But we work very closely with all of the um, people that we source from, all of the growers that we source from. We we have a very good uh, growth relations team that goes out there, sources uh, I meet with um, all of the potential uh, Vineyards that we're going to be sourcing from, um, and, and we work together, and, and I, I, I have a first say on, on whether something gets contracted or not. So we, we're very intimate with every contract that goes into our wines.
0: How many other kinds of wines do you
1: do? 4,000 stories we have uh, aside from Sinfandel, uh, much later... We started making also Cabernet, Sauvignon, uh, a red blend, uh, and Chardonnay. Uh, In the last couple of years, we've also added uh, a second line, uh, which is not necessarily wines that are not necessarily aged in bourbon barrels, but, um, for example, we have another Chardonnay and and a Pinot Noir that are aged in American oak, um barrels and then we have recently we just launched a um, sauvignon blanc which is not aged in either bourbon barrel or or American oak it's just stainless steel fermented so we're we're experimenting we're expanding the lineup um, we're broadening in the lineup and not necessarily working with bourbon barrel or American oak in, in all of the varietals are you yeah
0: I mean a- somebody asked me what what was in store in the future of a thousand stories one? I mean, are you like still experimenting with things or what?
1: Well, thousand stories is all about innovation. So that every year we're trying to continue innovating, um, and so that's really the, the the idea behind the project. How can we take something um, and, and and make it Make a new or more interesting for the consumer. So that's really, that's really where we are today. Trying to see, uh, play around with different vineyards, uh, different winemaking techniques. Uh, but at the end of the day, what we're trying to do more than anything is is really have a portfolio that is very cohesive, that makes sense for the consumer, that every varietal ties together nicely under one umbrella and the one concept.
2: Now, are you doing anything with orange wine? Something,
1: no, something, not at this point. Not at this we, point.
2: We ran, we we ran across somebody making orange wine just the other day, and we and we had tasted it before in areas of Italy, like uh, the area close to close to Venice, where there's a mm-hmm. lot a lot of work going on with with orange wines. But yeah, how 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 was the year of '03?
1: 2023 was fantastic. It was a very long, very very long harvest season. <laughs> yeah.
2: Well, you must um, be lucky.
1: Uh well, it depends <laughs> what you refer by lucky, but it was a very very long harvest season for me. So, it started in August and it finished uh in November. So, many many months. Uh and I've never experienced still,
2: and anything you, and like people this. still have vines.
1: Yeah. And so, uh, that being said, this very long season, it was very mild as well. We did not experience any uh, prolonged heat waves, uh, which was very nice, um, very welcomed. We did not experience uh, any early season rains. We did experience some late season rains, but did not affect the grape quality whatsoever. Um, But more than anything this really mild and long season what happens is that it helps the vines the grapes stay on the vine longer and so for something like Sinfandel for example we have this uh, beautiful ripeness um, ripe grapes but without being overly ripe um, it's very easy for Sinfandel to get out of hand when it comes to alcohol for example and, and high sugars and things like that. But uh, and, and you're, you're, when, when you experience high heat waves, you, you tend to pick grapes based on sugars alone. Well, this year was very different. This year we took the time to, we had the luxury of taking our time and had the luxury to um, harvest the grapes to at their peak of maturity, physiologically speaking which is not always the case in California Mm -hmm. because of how how much heat we we experience in California sometimes. So this was a very, very nice year, not only for sniffondil, but for all the varietals. Uh, I I would say that um, all the reds are going to be very supple. The tannins are going to be very resolved, very mature because of this very long hang time. Deep color because of the mild weather, we we were able to retain this uh, red grapes were able to retain a lot more of the anthocyanins a lot of the color pigment uh, much better than in a warmer season when the color gets sort of bleached out in a, a little bit Um so reds mature tannins very soft supple great color uh, and the whites were looking at uh, really deep flavors um, the yields were Pretty much, um, they were not lower or higher than any other year. They're really much in in line with what we're expecting. Uh, But that being said, we did see more concentration coming out of Chardonnay and Sonium Blanc this year. Um, Beautiful all around, good acidity as well, higher acidity than last year. Uh, and that's because of the milder weather, so we're going to expect to see whites uh, have more acidity, a little more freshness, a little more longevity than 2022.
0: Wow. Um, no, I mean, what what is your market base? I mean, who are you looking at for your market?
1: <laughs> it's funny that you
0: say that, because uh, that you ask this question,
1: because when we first started uh, the project, Many years ago, this was when we were making you know, 5,000 cases or so, and now we're making over 100,000 cases, right? So right. things have changed quite a bit. But at the beginning, our goal was, our target audience was um, the male uh, bourbon spirit drinker. And, Interesting. And that has shifted uh, a lot. Over the years, uh, we've looked at lo- a lot of the data, uh, and uh, we've realized that um, a thousand stories is reaching a much broader spectrum uh, than originally planned or thought. And so now, now we're really uh, we're reaching out to to these uh, younger generations um, that are. Taking more risks in yeah. terms of what they like to consume and try, um, and so that's that's really where we're, we're targeting right now.
2: Yeah, we we have a group of people couples who go out and dine together and drink wine together, and I was unusually generous, so I shared both the Chardonnay and the Cabernet Sauvignon. Th- throughout the entire group, and they were they were candidly entirely blown away. They said, well, where, really? "Where did you get? Where did you get this?" Yeah. And I, I said, "Well, it was a young man called Sebastian from Chile." <laughs> <laughs> mm. Very well. I don't know what I don't know what you're going to do next, but well, let, me, let me let me give you a name to investigate. there might be another variant you can tape. The winemaker's name is Gravner, G R A V N E R, and his his vineyard is on the border of is it Swiss, is it
0: Serbia? I think it's Serbia. Okay. S- Serbia and, and Friuli, Italy. And it's really quite remarkable. It's Slovenia and he, in, in Italy. That's what yeah. it is. He he took
2: he he took away his entire tasting his entire room where 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 he was maturing wines and put in
0: concrete
2: concrete that nice. of, of the kind have been that people have been doing in the republic of georgia on the fringe of europe and asia and they mm-hmm. they've been doing this for years and he decided that this was something he was going to do, and he he wrote a book. And in his book, he said, "Those who build houses with stone." What, what, what did he what, complete the quote for me, though?
0: Oh, I I don't something about people who make wine believe in the future. That's what it is. That's.
1: That oh, what is. very very interesting. I'm to I'm gonna look it up.
0: Yeah. he He's an interesting character. He's very eccentric. I mean, you know, <laughs> ba- not easygoing, he's not. Dumb. He, ba- he, ba- he basically threw us off his vineyard. <laughs> he, yeah. he,
2: he, 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 did, he didn't like members of the
0: press. <laughs> so, no. so he, did, he decided we didn't belong. Yeah, he didn't like media people much. <laughs> That's true. Anyway, so, we, we,
2: we, it, this has been such an exciting adventure. And I can I can hardly wait to find out what you do next year and the year after that and the year after that. So, how
0: do you how does anybody get your wine?
1: Well, uh, you can find us uh, at our in our website. You can purchase one directly from the website, or you can uh, find us at uh, various markets. on premise, off premise. I mean, we're really, really well distributed um, within the United States, so and even abroad as well.
2: Sure. Um, and the website is.
1: It's uh, let me see. I don't have it open here. Let me just make sure I have. Um, I give you the right information. <sighs> give me one second here. Yeah. So it's www. One thousand. The number one thousand, and then storieswines.com.
0: dot com. Okay. you yeah. your your publicist wanted me to. I don't know that we have time to go into this, but she wanted to make a point that that you you support wildlife conservation, and you have a partnership with something called the Bison Project. Uh, yes. she wanted me to make sure to mention that. Um, this this is, this probably puts you in in the, the galley, gallery gallery of, of good guys, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, we have a a partnership with um with Yellowstone that started uh, this year in twenty twenty three. And um it's called Yellowstone Forever and um and basically the efforts go to rehome um some of the bisons. Um it's, it's all about conservation of of Native American tribes and uh, to support the ecological and, and cultural conservation of uh of uh the bison. So um but well, that's I,
0: good work <laughs> yeah it's good work. It's,
1: you know, is um our brand manager Tiffany Tran, she really she's she spearheaded this uh this effort um this partnership with yellowstone and, and uh, it's really it's been really really fascinating to watch um where we are today with this and, and i look forward to see where we are um in the future with this partnership because i think it's super important uh, i couldn't be happier than working with um we Yellowstone, you know, the most iconic uh, of all national parks. Um, right. You
0: know, so, but the, the tourists have got to start being more careful. They're they're getting in, in the way of these uh, animals and they're getting, you know, attacked and whatever. I mean, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so, but well, I mean, your your life is very interesting, and you sound like you're enjoying it all. And and I wish you much continued success and uh Thanks. just to make sure at the very end of this to say we really enjoy your wines
1: <laughs> well thank you so much i really appreciate it, it was a pleasure talking to uh, both of you and you. Uh, i hope to speak to you again in the near future
0: right let's keep us posted what you're doing next okay great we will
1: Podcasting services for On the Menu Radio are provided by ASP Station, www.aspstation.net.